Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Kempe, race of the weekend. Uh, this is according to Paul from Ululand. Had to be the Marty Cup final, uh, the, the rowing. Uh, apparently what I was calling it, and he couldn't call who had won it. The, the, the race was so tight, mate. But uh, yeah, lots of racing action on this weekend, Kempe. Yeah, that's right, and not just down at the Marty Cup, but uh, well, well, many Kiwis had their eyes fixated on the leg in Sydney as well last night. A drama-filled Australian Grand Prix was going on in Melbourne. Max Verstappen grabbed top spot once again, while Fernando Alonso got a podium finish for the third consecutive time. Hamilton rounded out the top three, all of whom were a little peeved to see, to say at least around a late red flag that almost cost them all points. To recap an entertaining weekend in Melbourne is Harry Benjamin, who commentated the F3 action for Sky Sports up there in the UK. Harry's on the line with us now, and he joins us. Good morning, Harry. How are you this morning? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. thanks a lot for joining us this morning, myself and Ricardo. Mate, can you explain to us just what went on in those final few laps after Magnussen crashed out and all hell broke loose? Well, uh, Magnuson, yes, yeah, as you uh, correctly said, crashed out. That brought out a, uh, a third red flag. Uh, so three red flags in one race, uh, which hasn't happened in a very long time in Formula One. Uh, and so everything stops. And um, and that's really when all hell broke loose. Uh, and the order changed up with only just a couple of laps remaining of the race. Uh since Abu Dhabi 2021, since Baku as well, where Sergio Perez took the win and in the dying stage of the race, the FIA and Formula 1 are really keen to have races finish as races. They don't want safety car finishes. They don't want it just to stop if there's an incident where they can help it. It's perhaps a bit of the Netflix effect, you know, things like this. They want it to be entertaining to the very end. So we got a restart, a standing start restart, and then... They all decided to crash into each other. Uh, Carlos Sainz went into the back of Fernando Alonso. That biffed Fernando Alonso into the wall and out of the podium positions. Meanwhile, further back, you had uh, uh, the two Alpines taking each other out after running in. uh, Well, Gasly was in the top five, having his best run in that Alpine since he joined the team this year. Further back, you had the the Williams and an Alpha Tauri take each other out. And then with all of that, another red flag. And then they decided, okay, how are we going to restart this race? Many drivers have made uh, massive gains. We had Nico Hulkenberg up in fourth place. Yuki Tsunoda got up to fifth place. So they were quite happy to stay there. And they wanted to keep those positions because they would obviously inherit the points come the end. And with literally about two laps remaining, they decided they would restart the race. But they would take the positions from the initial restart that they had which means that Alonso would then go back up to his third place uh, and uh, and so Hulkenberg and the like would go down to I think they ended up about P7 P8 in the end so it was all a bit confusing some drivers left very frustrated and some uh, well quite happy that they did manage to keep the points that they had hard earned throughout the race. Now Harry Alex Albon's crash was the first crash of the race I think that really uh, needed intervention from the officials if you if you take Leclerc going out 
on the first round, uh, the first lap. But Albon, the way he crashed, he was kind of stuck out on the on the race line. He was lucky he didn't get hit where he was. Um, the stewards that seems to have been forgotten because uh, was it the stewards there when they uh, they pushed go for the race to restart? They restarted straight into that area and everybody had to break. Um, there, there was nearly another crash. I mean, how much flack are the FAI stewards getting from uh, from the teams over the, the the red flags and the way that they actually ran this race? Well, you 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 picked that point very well. I think that has been a little bit forgotten. Um, you know, the the race uh, restart, I believe, was under investigation because of that replay where we saw everybody slow up in that place where Albon had crashed. I think it was around turn six, and um, and uh, Kevin Magnuson, I believe, in the Haas was forced to skirt right over the gravel to avoid uh, causing a collision. I've not seen anything come from that at the moment, so either it's still under investigation or there's no further action because of all the other things that happened in that race. Um, so yeah, that sort of gone under the carpet a little bit i think and uh, a bigger question was posed why was the red flag called for alex albon's crash really we think we could have got away with a safety car for that one did we really need a red flag just yet more questions that people have for the fia yeah a lot of a lot of red flags uh harry where do you put the melbourne uh track in the in the racing calendar as far as uh you know these red flags go and the speeds that they were getting up to and the over overshoot um, shoot of of corners and bits and pieces like that. It looked like they didn't just want to win the win the race. Uh, a lot of these drivers were putting themselves right in harm's way for a lot big part of these uh, this race. Yeah, well, I think it, it goes to show how how tight it is uh, in Formula One at the moment. I mean, if you put uh, Red Bull and Max Verstappen aside, uh, the field is incredibly tight. It's just thousands of a second that can separate you from perhaps a third or fourth place finish all the way back to being out of the point. So you've got to get your elbows out. We've seen in the first couple of races that really, if, if it's the top teams that finish uh, the race, the only chance of, of uh, the midfield teams, and we're talking pretty much everybody from, uh, you know, got your Hasses, your Alfa Romeos, your, your Alfa Tauris, your Williamses, they're all kind of fighting for that one P10 spot, which is only a point. So any chance you can to get in front, you're going to take it. And with the four DRS zones that Melbourne, part, uh, that Melbourne now has, uh, especially the one running down to the fast uh, left, right, nine, 10 complex, um, is super powerful so that really provided a lot of overtaking which i think in the end actually led to one of the more entertaining australian grand prix we've had in quite some time and max verstappen and the red bulls have been very very quick and a lot quicker than everybody else um so far this season that was verstappen's second win of the season but it's got if you're toto wolf you've got to be happy with what you're starting to see from mercedes because it felt like race one they were a long way behind uh, red bull but you know george russell the way he started the race uh, the way uh, lewis hamilton finished the race it feels like they they've maybe closed that gap already well it's interesting hamilton saying you know we haven't brought anything new to this race you know theoretically we should have been exactly where we have been there's talk in the paddock that our oh, red bull and max verstappen not showing their true pace are they keeping you know seven tenths of a second in hand because they don't want to quite showcase that i find that hard to believe but it's formula one nothing's impossible i think we can take a lot of hope from this in the fact that you know mercedes are quicker than i think they are making out you know there's been a lot of pr from mercedes about how they're apologizing to their fans you know they haven't got it right this that and the other 
they haven't produced a particularly bad car. I think it is better than what they had last year, but it's just Red Bull have absolutely blitzed the field. And when you take into account, you know, the step forward Aston Martin have made as well, it makes Mercedes look worse than they actually are. So I think when you get races like this, it does showcase that actually it is tighter than you think it is. And these new regulations, which of course came into effect last year, are beginning to work. We are going to see this get better and better. It's going to take at least to the end of this year to properly uh, get a, a competitive order, I think, because right now, you know, it's all over the place. And what about Oscar Piastri managed to secure points on home? So what did you make of his driving throughout the weekend? Yeah, well, let's be honest. They both McLaren's lucked into those points, really, didn't they? But they kept it out of the wall and they were there at the very end. And I think they were the big beneficiaries of the two Alpines taking each other out, really, which allowed them to get points. But Piastri, again, had some good wheel-to-wheel fights. I think that's the thing that most people are uh interested in because he's had that whole year off last year you know we know he's great we know he can win from the front but is he a bit race rusty and i think you know he he said to himself i I, i'm great for racing in australia i got so many practice starts out of it you know i feel like i'm really good at my starts now so there's always a silver lining with everything but piastri i think has been quietly impressive an eighth place finish norris clearly had the better of him this time around but it was only a couple of weeks ago where piastri managed to get into q3 so i think piastri is is really going to come good over the course of the year and certainly seems to be uh, having a better time at mclaren than danny ricardo did what do you think aston martin have done so well i mean this is fernando alonso's third third place his third podium i don't i don't think he's had three podiums in a row uh, since he was at ferrari uh, what are they doing so well well, it's the car for a start. It's uh, it's the poaching of uh, Red Bull, um, Red Bull's Dan Fallows, who was uh, sort of underneath Adrian Newey. And uh, the amount of things he learned from Adrian Newey and, and the Red Bull outfit, I'm sure he's carried straight over to Aston Martin. But I also think it's the philosophy of Aston Martin now. I think they are a team on the rise. They've got a massive backing, of course, in the form of, of Lawrence Stroll. And let's not forget Fernando Alonso. He's one of the best drivers in the world. I think that's... Not being forgotten, but, you know, he's had such a torrid time of it over the last, well, decade, I suppose, really, since those Ferrari days. And even then, you know, it was Ferrari, so he came oh so close, but never quite got that golden ticket. Now he's in a position where he can absolutely rinse that Aston Martin. And he knows he's not quite there in the fight for the wins. But I think that almost makes him a better driver, makes him more complete. Lance Stroll, as well as coming on leaps and bound after his shaky starts of the year with that injury uh, that he uh, received to his wrist and his uh, ankle and his toes in pre-season. So I think Aston Martin have got a really good package, which if you look at their Australian Grand Prix this time last year, it, it was a disaster for them. You know, Vettel win the walls along with Stroll. So really good stuff from, from Alonso and Aston Martin at the moment. I'm sure he'll be desperate to try and get a second or a first place to, to stop the run of third places but for now I think he'll very much take that yeah definitely uh what about Ferrari you mentioned them pointless this weekend lost Leclerc first first lap signs uh in that mix-up ended up relegated to 12th place so out of the points um do, do they really just have to blow it up and and start again I mean you know what you said about Aston Martin feels like Ferrari are just targeting the wrong people yeah, well, of course, we, we're still waiting to see 
what Fred Vasseur can bring to the table, their new team principal. We won't really see what he can bring to that team until at the very earliest, halfway through the year. We're still seeing the remnants of what Mattia Bonotto created uh, and carried on into this year. Clearly, the car's not fast enough. But actually, I mean, from the driver's perspective, Carlos Sainz had a, a, a much better weekend than usual. You know, he's normally, I think, fair to say, a, a couple of tenths off Leclerc. Everyone expects Leclerc to be in front of him. But Sainz absolutely had the measure of him. I think that five-second uh, penalty that he got for the collision with Alonso was a bit harsh in the grand scheme of things, considering it was technically for a lap that never actually happened. But of course, it did happen and dropped him out of the points. So a real shame for him. Charles Leclerc, well, it, it almost seems like it's more than just the car at the moment, because this has been the worst start to his Formula One season in his entire Formula One career. I think the worst start is probably his first ever season with Sauber, but at least he finished all the three races. He didn't score any points. Only one points finish with a seventh place. He's 10th in the standings. He's behind Hulkenberg and Norris. You know, this is, this is a disaster, not just for Ferrari in general, but for Charles Leclerc when he won this race last year and led the championship. It couldn't be further from the truth right now. So, do they rip up the playbook? I don't think they do. I think Ferrari are still, you know, trying to figure out who's in the right places. They are starting to move some of the, the technical team around, but we're not going to see that come into effect until, as I said, uh, being optimistic at the halfway stage of the of the year. Harry, thanks very much for coming on and uh, and giving us your thoughts, mate. Who knows? You might be commentating Leclerc in F3 the way he's going uh, before the end of the season, mate. Uh, keep up the good work at Sky Sport UK. Thank you very much, mate. Have a good one. Yeah, Harry Benjamin there with us. Uh, this is Ricardo and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Kempi off the back fence next.